So it's really interesting, right, that Jesus would use these words 77 times. I mean, like, what's like, what's the connection there of that 77? And when Jesus is talking about, he's saying forgiveness, we're talking, we're telling the story of Lamech with his unforgiveness, like this exponential unforgiveness. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that takes current issues and events within the culture and defends the Christian position from an apologetical and biblical lens. Now, here are your hosts, Shane Skirvin and Josh Phillips. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Switching Lenses. Shane, we are in part two of our new series we've started, The Profundity of Forgiveness. Now, in our last episode, we were talking about the idea of unforgiveness, and we sort of contrasted it with forgiveness at times, too, but we really wanted to focus on this idea of unforgiveness and like, what are some of the ramifications of it? What does it look like? Um, we talked about the idea of retaliation and really just really got into a lot of some of the things we don't really think about. Perhaps sometimes, we, sometimes we're very reactionary whenever somebody wrongs us. And so we kind of brought up all those. If you missed it, go check out the episode. It was a really great discussion, I think, that we had with that. But in this episode, we're talking about the biblical idea of forgiveness. And we're going to kind of get into what did Jesus say about forgiveness? What does the rest of the Bible say? And, and all this. Because, you know, forgiveness, it doesn't seem to come naturally to us. It can often seem like sort of somewhat of a challenge. In this episode, let's take a look at what the Bible, namely Jesus, says about forgiving others and how it works. I think it would be helpful here, you know, we're talking about forgiveness, obviously, uh, in, in, this, in this episode. When somebody does wrong us, you know, what does the Bible say about how we should handle that? Yeah, so I think it's really important to realize there's a difference between forgiving someone for what they've done to you or allowing yourself to be abused or oppressed, right? I mean, there's a big difference between forgiving someone for something they've done and then letting that behavior continue against you. And so uh, there's a lot of confusion with that within the church. And But Jesus, he really clears that up, starting uh, like we were talking about in this section in Matthew. But if you go... It's just right uh, above it, right? Yeah, right above it. Yeah, starting in verse 15, um, he talks about if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Truly I say to you, you know, it goes on to a uh, uh, talking about the authority of the church. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so I think it's really important to realize Jesus never said forgiveness means you're a doormat or that you let people to continue an abuse against you. That's a common that's a common idea, though. I mean, yes. I always say common, yes. but some people do have that idea like uh, forgiveness means just letting people walk all over me, but you're saying that's not what he's saying. No, no. He, I mean, he, Jesus is really clear. Um, he takes the time to say uh, very clearly in his teaching, hey, deal with the problem. Like you, you might need to forgive someone, but that's totally different than allowing yourself to be put in a situation where there's harm brought to you. Um, he, he's really clear, hey, deal with it first at a personal level. Don't put that person in a, give them a chance to reconcile with you. And then if they don't, 
I mean, he talks about then bring witnesses. So it's you're not your perspective isn't being skewed. You have other people to look at it and see their perspective and see if that's what's going on. And then ultimately, then turn it over to the church and let them speak to the situation. So, I mean, he lays out a really good uh, formatted plan to deal with problems, right? I mean, and, mm-hmm. and, and stopping any kind of situation that's arising. I, I, a lot of people don't, you know, it's so easy to pick up ideas in, in culture and even in Christian culture, and they're not exactly biblical. That's what I love about uh, the Bible being what's written. It's not based on secondhand information. It's not based on uh, feelings. You can literally go and look what is written and let it actually shape what you're thinking about a situation. And Jesus lays out, I mean, literally, is there a better plan for dealing with something, Josh, here? I mean, he talks about the level of personal. If it escalates, bring a couple people into it. If it escalates past that, then bring the church into it. I mean, that's good. Yeah, what what I like about it is, or what I find interesting, you know, first off, he's saying, if you have an issue, like like you say, you can't be a doormat. You you, you need to take, confront the person if this if there's if a wrong uh, has taken place. And, and then what I find interesting too is like if that doesn't work out, they, if he doesn't listen to you, then take others with you. Like in court, it's, this kind of speaks against individuality, right? It's like bring other people with you. We're here to help you, like you said, Shane. You can't build your own iPad. Yeah, <laughs> as you always say. <laughs> We need others to help us. He's saying so. You know, the, 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 Jesus could have said, uh, "You know, go confront this person. If they don't listen to you, go back and talk to some friends, and then go back again. Just the two of you again." Could have easily have said that, but he didn't. He said, "Bring people with you." And then he says it a third time, right? If they still yeah. don't listen, bring more of you. And, and you know, and it's it's like we're talked about. Unforgiveness drives you away from people. Unforgiveness makes you focus on yourself. Unforgiveness is a lone wolf. Forgiveness is community. Forgiveness brings people together. Forgiveness is reconciliation. It's literally forgiveness and unforgiveness. They they start at the same point, but then they move in radically different directions. Mm-hmm. So that's one aspect of it. This is the the, do- the doormat aspect. Jesus does, Jesus does not call us to be a doormat. No, fact, he, says, he deals with it very clearly. Yeah. Yes, confront it, and then you, there's a, there's a, there's a whole process he tells us to go through. Okay, let me let me throw another one at you here. A lot of people say you should forgive and forget. Is forgetting part of forgiveness? Well, if you've forgotten, what have you forgiven? You know, I I mean, I I look at Ooh. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for it, the very concept of forgiveness is saying no. There's a debt. There's something that's happened. It needs to be addressed. There needs to be reconciliation. Either I'm going to bear the cost or I'm going to try to make you bear the cost, right? I mean, that's the spirit of unforgiveness. I'm going to make you bear the cost. The spirit of forgiveness is I'm going to bear the cost, but in no way is forgetting part of that formula. Um, Forgetting is something that, I mean, as far as I can tell, it's, it's basically a, it's an unbiblical concept, right, Josh? I mean, do you see any parallel in biblical teaching about forgetting? No, I, I kind of see it actually as a form of denial, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. Like, and and then it just comes back, right? You, if denial means you bury it, and then it's going to pop out. I mean, one a line that I love that works good for me because this is where I struggle because I'll just I'll I'll forget and call, I'll try to forget and I'll call it forgiveness. And instead, there's a line that Greg Groeschel uses. He said, "Never trust your uh, 
Never trust your t- uh, mouth when your heart is bitter. Because then in my personal life, yeah, that's good. The things come, they come back up when you don't want them to. You're just talking. And you know, Jesus says, you know, your words will show your heart. And as much as we try to say, as much as we try to hide it, it will come out when you talk. Um, that's, yeah, that's especially, a trait. Yeah. You let if you harbor that inside of you, you're I I I think, just in my own experience. When you try to, like, again, like I said, denial, you're trying to say, well, I'm, I'm forgetting this, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting. You're usually just harboring it inside. Yeah. And like you said, it, it's going to come back up. Yeah. You're just, you're building, the pressure is building. Yeah, it's a it's terrible, stra- it's up. a terrible strategy, right? Uh, forgetting should be no part of it. We're really acknowledging the wrong and, and, and acknowledging the wrong is not a single moment in time. It's what uh, living it out every day. I, I, I know what happened and I still choose to forgive. Wait, wait right? could that be part of the 77? You're forgiving the same offense 77 times? <laughs> could, be. could be. Could be. It's on it's in my experience, it's always been ongoing. Like you said, it's yeah. not a moment in time. I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh let me throw a third one out here. That's for our last one here. Does forgiveness require reconciliation? Is reconciliation absolutely necessary for forgiveness to take place? Well, so I'm definitely going to say I don't believe so. Just like what Jesus talks about this laying out in verse 15, this idea that your this this plan is how to bring reconciliation back to you, right? This that Jesus is right. talking about, and he said. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't listen to the church, let there be no contact. Let there be no way that this person can come back in your life and hurt you. Obviously, right. from this teaching, if you can, you know, have no contact to break any kind of cycle of abuse, then by definition, you don't have to, you can forgive someone because Jesus says you have to forgive. But right, right here, he's saying you don't necessarily have to reconcile. I mean, that, that's Im- implicit right here in this teaching. And so I would say, you know, because reconciliation might not be possible, right? But forgiveness always is because forgiveness is, is the pain of a debt. And so when that debt has been created, there's only two, there's only two healthy ways. Either the other person pays it or you're going to pay it, you know, because that's what yeah. it takes when you, for you to not seek vengeance, the debt has to be paid. I definitely believe if, like you said, like we talked about, if someone hurt you and then they've died, there's no way you can reconcile with them, right? I mean, that's what it means to exactly. be human. That- I had that question asked me one time. I had somebody ask me, can you forgive somebody that's passed away? And, you know, and this is kind of another question I was going to ask you. Um, it's it's going to relate is what if somebody hasn't said they're sorry? What if they haven't you know, repented or anything like that, or even asked for forgiveness, can you still forgive? Or, oh, absolutely. Do you, or, 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 do you, no, or do you have to? That's a better way. Do you have to? If Yes. Because some people, I've heard some people say like, well, I don't have to forgive them because they've never said they're sorry. I have nothing to forgive. And in their eyes, they say that. Uh, I Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, that's never been my personal experience. And I, I for me, I don't see that in the biblical narrative. Jesus is pretty clear about forgiving. Like, uh, what, what did Peter say? Do we have to forgive? our brother, right? Yeah. I look at it is the implicit in forgiveness is a debt has been created. That's the whole idea that there's a moral law that's been broken. A debt has been created and someone's going to have to pay the uh, the price, right? And and right. that speaks to deeper things to Christianity than just forgiveness between people. I, I 
that principle goes all the way through Christianity, even points to the cross. If justice is real, right? If morality is important, uh, debt has to has to be uh, paid for. I mean, you're going to have to uh, forgive. Well, it's kind of like this, right? It's like it takes two people for a wrong to occur, but it doesn't take two people for forgiveness to occur. Oh, well said. Say, you know, forgiveness is really, it's a hard issue, right? Mm-hmm. It's regardless of what the other person does, whether they are living in, they're, 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 they're without repentance, not recognizing that it is wrong, or maybe they can't because they've passed on, they passed away. Forgiveness really kind of relates to me. I can choose whether or not I'm going to forgive somebody regardless of the position they're in, or I can just harbor unforgiveness and let it destroy me from the inside out and people around me. So really, it's kind of a, it's really an inward thing, really, for us, right? Well, I mean, it's not necessarily dependent on the other person, whether or not we choose to forgive. Yeah, and, and it's really brilliant because you're saying something happened. You're saying, you're not, you're not being weak. You're not forgetting it. You're saying, hey, no, th- something happened and it bugs me. I'm being honest with it. I'm being open with it and I'm dealing with it, you know, and I'm not, I'm not walking away. I'm not running away from it. I'm not ignoring it. I'm saying, hey, this happened. It's real. And I'm going to um, forgive them. I'm not going to carry this wound, right? This debt. Right. Yeah. Well, Shane, I'd like to kind of close the episode here. I covered a, in a kind of a, a, a really an interesting way here. Um, the Bible is filled with radical acts of forgiveness. What's one or maybe two, two places in the Bible where you're they, they're like, wow, I really love the, the, the forgiveness was amazing in this part of the Bible. What's one or two of those that, that come to your mind? One that speaks to me, I think of Jesus when he was on the cross saying, Father, forgive them. I know not what they do. Uh, they know not what they do, excuse me. And I, that's something that's always, when I think of the violence and the torture and the horror and the terror of the cross, that idea that you could forgive people that have tortured you and killed you, um, that, yeah. that stands as an example that's unparalleled in human history. You know, no one, I think because we're on this side of the cross and like we were saying earlier, how it's shaped our ethics, we've, we, there is no parallel in the ancient world to Jesus. I mean, he stands alone and stands apart from anything else, you know, whether it is the idea of karma, um, that you're going to pay for all your sins, or whether it's the idea this life is an illusion, it doesn't matter, like in Buddhism, uh, in Islam, the idea of scales of justice. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the forgiveness that Jesus shows, I mean, it's unparalleled. And then I would think of the one of the followers of Jesus, uh, Stephen, when he's being stoned. Um, he he actually walked in that same footsteps, and he forgave the people that were uh, stoning him to death. And so this radical forgiveness has always been at the heart of the cross and right. of Christianity. And to tack on kind of what you were yeah. saying was that you were you were saying like you know he was killed by Ro- the the Romans, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what's interesting is to really see all the levels of betrayal against Jesus. Yes, the Romans were the ones who executed him. They're the ones that performed the execution. The religious leaders were behind the execution. They're the ones that got the Romans to do it. It was the people that had the choice to choose Barabbas, the Jewish people in Jerusalem, to choose between 
Jesus Barabbas or Jesus of Nazareth, of which one they wanted to free. They said, crucify him. His own family didn't even believe in him, right? His brother. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's betrayal on so many levels with everybody that was near to Jesus. And, but yet, uh, like you said, he forgave them. And in, he forgave everybody. Well, when you talk about family too, it was his mother and brothers that thought he had gone off the rails. Remember in the, in the scripture, it's actually his mother. It says his mom and brothers thought he was out of his mind um, yeah. when he was healing people and leading his ministry. I mean, like you said, the, um, the betrayal was pretty, pretty holistic, right? Yeah. And gosh, and who were the ones that drew near to him, man? It was the, it was the prostitutes. It was the tax collectors. It was, outcasts. Oh, it's, it's, it's so profound. The story of Jesus is so profound. I don't know how anybody can say it. it's boring. I just real quick, I know we're going kind of long on this episode. I also want to mention like one, this, one of my favorite stories of forgiveness or dealing with forgiveness is really with Jonah in oh. Nineveh and how Nineveh was this awful, awful, sinful place. I mean, it was terrible. And God sends Jonah to go preach to them. And says like it's like and it wants to offer them forgiveness and Jonah's furious at this, at this and, and I you know we were never really told that as kids when we heard we watched the little animated shows and we saw little puppet shows with whales and things like that we were never told like what we knew Nineveh was Nineveh was bad but we we the we thought the moral of the story was Jonah was just scared to go do it because they were gonna, they were going to reject him or whatever but no Jonah didn't want God to forgive them he hated them like, how could you. Yeah, how could you possibly forgive these people? He was angry at God about that. And so it's really interesting to have you know, a guy that God chose with such an incredible mission. Because because when he finally just got past himself and said, okay, I'm going to do it, what happened? They repented. This horrible, wicked place. I don't want to throw anybody on the bus. I try to make like a, a, a modern day uh <laughs> analogy to it. I'm not going to, but just in your own head, think of a place maybe you think is just absolutely godless. And then somebody going to preaching and they all come to Christ or you know, a large number of them for sure. I don't know how many exactly, but anyways, I think that's just that's such a cool story of, of forgiveness there. You look about to say something. Oh, I, um, I think one of the most beautiful pictures also is Joseph. And one yeah. thing I think that is super cool about the story of Joseph, one of the things I love about, we kind of touched on in other episodes with forgiveness being both macro and micro. It's both something that everyone has to deal with at the personal level. And then you see the effects of it at the cultural or the level with nations, you know, talking about genocide and, and, and when unforgiveness is writ large or when it, it makes a single heart bitter. And uh, in Joseph, it, it encapsulates, the story of Joseph actually encapsulates both. I mean, you see a yeah. personal forgiveness working through, then through a family, and then working through a, um, you, God using the story of forgiveness to actually not only save a family from death, but to save a nation from death, and then to yeah. save the world from death. I mean, the story of Joseph is a very powerful story uh, that shows both forgiveness at the large level and the small level and the consequences if they didn't forgive. I mean, it just, and it has, it has hatred. Um, uh, It says his brothers couldn't even talk to him without saying something. They couldn't talk to him nice, right? It goes from that level all the way to murder, imprisonment, slavery, false accusation. I mean, the story of Joseph has everything and it's an amazing story. 
it's probably my, when people say, what's your favorite story in the Bible? That's the first place I go to. Really? I, really? I love the story of Joseph. Yeah. Like you said, there's so much to it. Yeah. Oh, but, amazing. Well, this episode's already going long. Okay. I, okay. I okay. Sorry. That's, Sorry. that's another episode. Okay. That's okay. another, but yeah, I, I love that story. I love it. So well, we're going to wrap this up, Shane. We've gone kind of long here. Uh, everybody, you can always email the show at feedback at switchlensespodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at switchlensespod. And of course, all of our content, podcast episodes, videos, and blog material, you can all find on switchinglensespodcast.com. Shane, thanks for joining me. It's been an awesome discussion. Always love talking what the Bible says yeah. about our subject. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it no as problem. always. And guys, we will see you next time.